maybe I shouldn't beat my head against the wall and like really be tough on myself because I'm not running a business around my passion. Maybe I shouldn't be envious anymore of the guy or the gal over here that it seems like from the outside in they're doing something that they just absolutely mm. are passionate about that thing. They're an artist and they're just like passionate about that. What's right. my art, right? <clears throat> and that's what I was asking right. myself. What's my art? What's the thing that gives me energy? And so this is what I started to do. I said, okay, what if I didn't have to have a business that was my passion? What if my business could fuel my passion? What if my business was the vehicle that I could get up and, and get in that vehicle every single day to then fuel the thing that gives me energy, then to then fuel my art? What's up, guys and gals? Trevor here with my special guest, Brady Winder, here on the Carrot Team. What's up, everybody? He's been on the podcast before. He's going to be a frequent guest in the future. He's my audio, video, everything audio, visual here at Carrot. He runs. He runs Ask Carrot. He runs the podcast. He runs a lot of stuff on our social. And so, uh, and he also is just like really, really amazing at asking good questions and helping to structure how do we get to the heart of what we want to get out. And so, we're having him here on today again. And uh, make sure you check this out on YouTube because we're in the studio again today. The sound quality is a couple notches higher. We're on YouTube. Check out the YouTube version of this video. Um, but we're pumped about it. So before we dive into this topic, which Brady will, will introduce to you, the question we're going to ask you that's probably going through your mind right now, as if, if you're at the start of your entrepreneur journey and you're trying to get something started, you're probably possibly running away from something. Okay, we're going to be talking about that. But where a lot of entrepreneurs don't predict is when you're done running away from the thing that you're trying to get away from, there's this weird phase in the middle where you start to have a lack of purpose, a lack of passion because you haven't locked into this one idea that we're going to introduce here next, uh, here in a second, but a couple cool announcements. So Carrot Camp, uh, Carrot Camp is officially sold out. Guys, we didn't hardly market the thing, okay? We were, I had this whole marketing plan ready for it. I'm like, we're just going to market the heck out of this thing. We didn't have to and it sold out. Um, so one email, two emails. Two so emails. one email, then kind of a half half-assed email. And I did some social stuff we mentioned on the podcast, but uh, all fifteen spots are sold out. Amazing, amazing, amazing people. The largest home buyer in Oklahoma, uh, Carter. Uh, he's just been crushing with carrot. Edward Beck's coming back for his second down in El Paso. He's at the very first carrot camp. Bo Hollis is coming back for his second carrot camp. Hundred plus deals a year in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, Tyler Ford, frequent guest in the podcast here at Carrot. Uh, he's coming. He's coming up here to Carrot Camp. I, I know I'm missing lots and lots of people. Brandy Pollock, Returner. Just it's gonna be a crazy great group, man. I'm pumped about it. That's Big awesome. Yeah. Sweet. So that's we're we're gonna be announcing the September Carrot Camp dates at the end of May. So keep an eye out. Those will sell out crazy, crazy, crazy fast. Mm -hmm. Okay. So make sure you guys check it out if you want to make it to the September Carrot Camp. It's gonna be amazing. CarrotCamp.com. Sweet. Cool. Any other announcements, Trevor? Uh, on the other one is make sure you guys check out Ask Carrot. Uh, yeah. it, it is the second episode of the podcast that we have been putting out, and we've been getting lots and lots of great response from it. We run it live every single Thursday. Uh, in the past, it's been 1 p.m. We're looking at a potential time shift. It might be a 1.30 p.m. Pacific time. But either way, check out the Carrot Facebook page and or mine. And it is every single Thursday, 1 or 1.30. We'll, we'll let you guys know if we're going to change it. But I go on live, usually with Adrian. We're going to bring some other team members on. We ask, we answer questions. And we're going to be doing a lot of demo of stuff, like how do you do this exact thing mm -hmm. inside of our system and get results. So check out Ask Carrot. Ask, um, I don't think we have askcarrot.com, do we? 
Not askcare.com. Just care.com care slash ask. Yeah. Slash ask. I love it. Cool. Yeah. So let's dive into this topic, man. So let people know what the topic is, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll go on. So I want to ask you, Trevor, what is this idea of are you running away from something or are you running towards something? Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're leaving a job, you're becoming an entrepreneur, you're starting out your journey, uh, what do you... Are you running away from something or are you running towards something? What does that mean? Dude, so so this topic here, I, I absolutely love it because there's two there's two facets to it, right? And you listen to Tony Robbins, you listen to, to, to motivators like that. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes they'll say that people are motivated by one of two things, sometimes both at different times in their life. One thing is they run away from pain mm-hmm. and other people run towards pleasure. And I know for me, it's kind of funny, but I, <laughs> I, I will... I will be more motivated if I'm running from something, right. which is kind of interesting. Right. And sometimes it's hard for me to really lock in and get crazy motivated about running towards something. Sometimes I can, but in general, I'm usually going, I don't want that. I want, so I want to make sure I'm doing things to not become right. that. Um, and you know, here at the, at the office, man, I'm terrible ringing the victory bell, right? It's like, I've got a goal and I'll sail past it. And so, therefore, I'm not really motivated by going up and just ringing that victory right. bell. It's usually like, okay, that was, okay, cool. Now, what's the next thing? Right. Which isn't <clears throat> all that healthy all the time, but but it is what it is, I guess. So, for you, uh, curious, what, are you more motivated on running from a pain, trying to solve that pain, or running towards <clears throat> a pleasure? Man, I, I'm totally forward-focused. I'm, I'm like, what's the next thing? What's the next project? Kind of the mm-hmm. same way, like, I forget to celebrate the little victories. I, I tend to move on pretty quickly, but... I'm I'm pretty motivated by by what's ahead. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the one with the with the carrot dangling in front of me. Like I got to get that next thing. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, that's me. And and that and that's awesome. That, that's a lot of people as well. I, I don't know what the split is, but here here's going back into my story. Here's this: is I've got a philosophy that when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, um, and it's not just an entrepreneur. If you're starting out on a journey where you're you're wanting to transform something, right? So in this case, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship, where you might have a job. Maybe you even have a business that just isn't what you love anymore. And I've done that. I've had that before, you know, where I created a business. You guys have all heard the story. I've created a business that I, I, I became resentful of that, that successful business. I, I didn't want to do the work anymore because I had created a business that was not based around my unique abilities, things that fired me up, things that gave me unique, that gave me energy. It was built around things I was really good at that paid me well, mm-hmm. but sucked my energy. Yeah. And so I've experienced both where I was trying to run away from the, the prospect of getting a job out of right. college. I never got a job. I'm like, my motivation this year out of college, I gave myself a year to figure entrepreneurship out. My motivation was to not get a job. Right. You know, so I kind of had a little bit of both. I was running away from, I don't want to get a job, but I was also running towards being able to control my destiny. Once I had created that business, it was amazing. But here's the thing that happens with a lot of entrepreneurs. Okay. Most of the time, most of the time, people are running away from something to get started as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're running away from a business or uh, from, from a job. They're running away from this lifestyle that they got themselves locked into uh, as you know, as an employee, potentially, um, they're running away from the the lack of the ability to to have an, a potentially unlimited income, right? Um, and you've got to execute. Like right. unlimited potential isn't right. doesn't mean that you're gonna 
actually grow your income. You can actually make less as an entrepreneur than right. making a job. But most people are running away from something. And there's this weird thing that happens. You can get really motivated when your back is against the wall. You can get really motivated when you're running away from that thing that oh, yeah. you, just, you just don't like anymore. But as soon as you start to get traction, as soon as you start to get some income coming in and the bills are getting paid for and maybe you start to get some real good success, maybe you're making 70, 80, 90, $100,000 a year, maybe even a little bit more, maybe like year two, three, or four, what I see is crazy common is you don't have anything to run away from anymore. But then you haven't shifted towards running towards something. Right. And that right there is where, in general, entrepreneurs start to have that sense of emptiness, that sense of lack of purpose. That right there is where entrepreneurs oftentimes start to feel listless and they, and they start to look for new opportunities. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what I had done. Three years into that company, I was looking for new opportunities. I invested in two software companies. I started all this other stuff. I started doing consulting while I was doing my other company. It was because I didn't have anything to run away from anymore. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a model to map how to run towards something in a healthy way. So what was I doing again? I started running away from things again. Right. I invented something to you run away from. you got to build the next thing. <laughs> it, that's what happened. So I invented the thing to run away from. And for me, it was this business that I already had uh -huh. because I, I, I had built it the wrong way. And so then for me, I'm going, man, I need to run away from this setup now. Rather than changing that business, right. there's two things. You can either pivot the business and make it what you want, or you can get rid of that business and do something right. else. I chose to do the latter. Uh, but I see so many entrepreneurs that are in that year two, three, four, that they're like, I'm making good money, but you, but you know them and you talk with them and you have those conversations at events over a beer mm -hmm. and they're like, ah, there's just something missing. Right. You know, and it's not quite what they thought it'd be. It's not quite what they thought it would be. And oftentimes the thing that they start to run towards, they're at masterminds and they hear this other person that does XYZ revenue or whatever it is. Oftentimes they th the thing that they start to run towards is a new dollar amount. Mm -hmm. Right. And we've talked about this so much on this podcast where when you start to run towards a dollar amount after your back is against you, once your back is not against the wall anymore, right. money becomes less and less and less motivating as a diminishing return every single dollar over like a hundred thousand dollars a year mm -hmm. and so those people that are if, if you're listening to this y'all if you're making between 100 and 500 thousand bucks a year maybe even between 100 and a million bucks a year um, if you're making that right there and you haven't found something to run towards and have your business really fuel passion and fuel your purpose, you're likely going to be running into or you're in a spot right now where you're possibly resenting your company and going, why am I investing all this time into doing this and what am I actually doing this for? Right. And I mean, the thought of running towards something is really interesting because um, I mean, I think a lot of people end up there by accident. They don't always... Uh, I mean, you can you can be intentional about running towards something, but a lot of people don't actually. They think it's something different. You know, they're they're running towards the result of a mm -hmm. job, or they're running towards the result of starting X Y Z business. But I think it's interesting. Not enough people focus on the process um, of actually running that business, like what the day to day looks like, what that role looks like. Yep. A lot of people look at what other you know what other entrepreneurs are doing and think, oh, that's really cool. Or even coming out of high school, it's like that yep. job looks really cool. That makes a lot of money. I think I want to do that mm -hmm. because of the results. So I think I think you've got some experience there. Can you speak to that? What's it like, um, you know, chasing the the process of it or really enjoying loving the process of it? Yeah, man, I've, I've, I've had both, you know, where, where I was not, and I was kind of more focused on like this event in the future. And that's what I found is it's so common for entrepreneurs or, I mean, high performing athletes, whatever it is, right. The, the event is winning the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. The event is 
winning the, the, the gold right. medal, you know, whatever it is. And the second that happens, like you, you talk to, you, you see so many stories about these crazy successful music artists or whatever it is and their whole life. They thought once I get to this point, that's right. going to be this pinnacle things like the clouds are going to part. Everything's going to be amazing, mm-hmm. but they get past there and then they go, Oh, okay. That happened. You know, right. it's like that happened. Um, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, now I guess I need to find something new to right. go out and achieve too. So if you're not really making your, man, if, 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 if your, if your enjoyment in what you're doing is not the everyday and the growth that you get mm-hmm. to have as a person and it's an event, right. you're just setting yourself up for failure in, in, myth, a, yeah. in, in, in a big way. And, and you and I have talked about this in the office before where, um, I was reading a book or I was listening to an interview. It was, it was an interview on uh, Noah Caden, Noah, Noah Kagan from uh, sumo.com. He does a great podcast um, called OK Dork. But basically, he was interviewing the guy who started a company called Grasshopper. Grasshopper.com sold for 200 million bucks. wasn't funded at all. It was like all private. Huh. So the guy had one business partner. He split that down the middle, and you can kind of do the math. And he said, he said, man, I went from essentially – uh, just not making that much money because he didn't take a big paycheck. He, he was he was probably making low six figures, but he wasn't like wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second the company sold, he's like, I was instantly crazy wealthy. So he didn't have this time period where he, where his wealth built up. It was like right. one day he was making good money, the next day he was crazy wealthy. Uh-huh. And he said he sat there and, and you know saw the wire hit his bank account for the whatever it was, hundred million bucks. And he expected the world to change. He expected like this, some secret universe thing to unlock for him. And he goes, it wasn't like that. He goes, it was like, you had this endorphin hit. Mm-hmm. We, they went out and celebrated and you bought some things at the restaurant they never would have normally bought. But for a guy with hundred million bucks, it wasn't like right. what you would think. You know, right. they may, maybe spent a thousand bucks on dinner or something like that, right. which is crazy, but not when you have a hundred million bucks. <laughs> and so he said after that, it was, he, he goes, the funny thing is I actually became less happy. I became less happy after the event. When you're right. starting a company, oftentimes it's all about the exit. That's why people, mm-hmm. the Silicon Valley world, it's like, let's get the funding and then let's exit. And the big stories you hear are the exits. Right. The story you don't hear is behind the scene. Uh, the person who exited now has no purpose. They, 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 they don't know how to run towards something again, nor do they have something to run towards. But now they've got this thing where their back is not against the wall. They've right. got a huge cushion of cash. So that motivation's gone and they didn't learn how to have motivation to run towards something new. Right. So I want to I want to teach people some things that I've been doing to have something new to run towards. Right. And when it, when my mindset's in this, things are amazing, but sometimes they can kind of slink out of it. It's this it's this continual effort to stay in there. It's the whole ants in the pants right. thing, right? Yeah. It's like we all have these automatic negative thoughts. If you guys have not listened to the episode of the Carrot Cast, tons of people loved it. Ants, automatic negative thoughts. Uh, you need to get the ants out of your pants. Pants is uh, positive, aspirational, new thoughts, okay? And so we're always being yanked back in in that negativity, and we have to then inject the positivity back in. So the way that the way that I really have found things to run back towards is we were having a chat at, I think it was Carrot Camp number two, and uh, Kylie Newbold, at that time, he wasn't part of the Carrot team, but now he's our VP of marketing, and he's been on the podcast before. And then Dustin... Uh, with a home buying company out of out of Salt Lake City, they buy a ton of homes. We were all sitting there eating lunch, and the 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 topic of passion and purpose came up. And I talk about passion and purpose quite quite a bit. And uh, shoot, going all the way back to two thousand eight, 
I was at Gary Vaynerchuk's first ever paid speaking uh-huh. gig, and we had a chance to meet him down again down in Dallas, Texas, and uh-huh. I had a chance to briefly have an exchange with him. And I was at his very first ever paid speaking gig, and this is before Gary put out his book, Crush It, um, you know, cash in with your passion. And uh, but he talked about that. He talked about like you can do anything. You can create a business around anything. If you love purple beanie babies, you can like be in in the basement of your parents' house blogging about it, become the purple beanie baby expert, mm-hmm. and make an income off of that. And I truly believe that you can do that. But what happens is so many people get locked into this notion that if you're going to start a business, it should be about your passion. Right. If you love golf, that you should do a business around golf. If you love, you know, um, music or guitars, mm-hmm. that you should be doing a business around music or guitars. Right. And ideally, that'd be amazing. Like, you, if you can make that work, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. But here's where we are. Is so many people beat their heads against the wall, myself included, that, oh my gosh, I don't, I can't think of a business idea or I can't get something to have traction that's truly around my passion. Mm-hmm. And so then we think we're a failure. We start to go, why am I doing this? We start to go, well, maybe this entrepreneur thing isn't right for me. Right. And that's how I was with my first company. I was going, you know, talk to Gary Vee and he's like, go do whatever. I love golf. I'm like, right. I'm just going to start a <laughs> golf travel blog. And I'm going to travel around the country and start like golfing everywhere and videoing it. Right. And I'm going to be the Gary Vee of, of golf, you know? And I literally left that event thinking, I'm going to give up all this like online business building stuff and uh-huh. um, around real estate. And because I'm not really passionate about real estate and uh-huh. I'm not really passionate about lead gen. I love both of them as vehicles, but I wouldn't say that I'm just going to go do those on my off time, right? Yeah. But I really like golf. And um, the next couple of years, I set up a blog. I didn't really do much with it. I was like mentally trying to wrestle with how do I set up this business around my passion. And then it was probably two or three years later that when I was right in the middle of that transition myself from I no longer was running away from something. I wasn't running away from not having money. I had some money. I was making low six figures as a mid-20-something-year-old guy. But then I didn't have the new thing I was running towards. And that notion popped back up to me. I'm going, okay. Maybe I shouldn't beat my head against the wall and like really be tough on myself because I'm not running a business around my passion. Maybe I shouldn't be envious anymore of the guy or the gal over here that it seems like from the outside in they're doing something that they just absolutely mm. are passionate about that thing. They're an artist and they're just like passionate about that. What's right. my art? Right. And that's what I was asking right. myself. What's my art? What's the thing that gives me energy? And so this is what I started to do. I said, okay, what if. I didn't have to have a business that was my passion. What if my business could fuel my passion? Mm-hmm. What if my business was the vehicle that I could get up and, and get in that vehicle every single day to then fuel the thing that gives me energy, then to then fuel my art, okay? And I started going, okay, now I'm not gonna, my next business, if I could find the one that is my passion, amazing, but I'm gonna start a business on something that I'm really good at. Okay, number one, you've gotta be, you've gotta enjoy what you do and you've gotta be good at it, okay? So you've got to be, you got to be, whatever you choose, you got to be good at it. And you got to enjoy it. You got to find, find it interesting at least, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then number two is if I can build something that I'm really good at and it, it interests me, um, can I then have that business be set up to where it fuels the things I actually really, really love? And so that became carrot. I'm not passionate about right. software. I'm not passionate about lead generation. I'm not passionate about real estate. So why the heck am I so passionate about my company then? If I'm not passionate about any of those core things that people would identify our company with. Right. It's because I made the, the mental shift 
to rather than saying we're starting a software company, we're starting a platform to, to change people. We're starting a platform to add humanity back to the world. Mm -hmm. We're starting a platform to help entrepreneurs to finally gain more purpose, passion, and momentum in their right. lives. We just happen to be selling software, right? right? So that's what I'm so passionate about now. And uh, Edward Beck actually was at our first carrot camp. He's coming back for the next one. He posted a comment in uh, that video with Gary Vee down in Dallas. And he said, can you remind me again what the difference is between uh, running a business, you know, that is your passion versus one that fuels your passion. And it is this right here, that if your art, like once again, if you're an artist and you can find a way to make money as an artist, amazing. Like that's ideal, amazing if you can make that happen. Right. For most people, that's crazy difficult. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't beat yourself up over that. Find something you're really good at that interests you a lot, that is a challenge. It's like a puzzle that engages your brain, that, that you really enjoy it. Okay, but then also go, what is it that truly gives me that energy? Right. What is it that truly gives me that energy? And how do I bake that in? Today was bring your kid to work day, right? And I was telling you right before this that I was like, oh man, I was kind of, we're behind on some things and like I've got to get some work done. And, and I, was, I wasn't letting it on, but I, was, I wasn't all that pumped about bringing your kid right. to work day today <laughs> because I was so stuck in the tasks of the work, uh -huh. of the stuff that I'm not passionate about. It's the stuff that we got to do. Right. But then once we got here and we started doing bring your kid to work day, I'm like, oh man, we're doing right. this every year. We're doing this every year. And I don't know why I wasn't pumped about this before is because I was thinking of all the tasks that I got to do that I'm behind on, right. not on the real reason that I'm running this business. Right. And, and amplifying I people. I want to break a myth right there. That's something really interesting that you just said. So even if you are the artist who makes a living off of their art or you're mm. the rock star and, and you get paid to make music and put out music or play shows, you still have to do work like there's not some magical job where like you finally get there and it's always awesome like everything is awesome 100 percent of the time it's just all energy giving work mm. i mean you're the example you built your own business you built your ideal business your dream business you still got to do tasks yeah i mean there's no there just is no perfect job mm -hmm. yeah yeah and, and one thing too that i want to kind of make a distinction for people like what is passion you know what 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 is passion i think mm -hmm. Way too often people people place they, they say I'm passionate about X, right? So the, the passion, the the target of the passion is a thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it was like that for me too. Or the target of the passion was a thing. Uh mountain biking is my passion, right? Mm -hmm. Golf is my passion. Playing guitar for you is my passion. Mm -hmm. So therefore my passion is this thing that I've got to now build a business around this thing. And that's right. such a misnomer. Passion is a feeling. Passion is a right. state of being right passion is a feeling you get when you play guitar mm -hmm. passion is a feeling that i get when i'm riding that mountain bike down a hill up, up in the mountains passion is a feeling that i get when i do an episode of the carrot cast right. like this and i know i'm speaking to entrepreneurs and hopefully moving them toward a better life passion is the feeling you get it's not the thing that you do and so you really need to separate those two things mm -hmm. you need to do that right now y'all because if you're beating your head against the wall and you're a real estate investor you're a real estate agent and you're going man i'm making good money to do this and i kind of like it but i'm not passionate about it like I really love knitting and maybe I should be doing a business on knitting. Maybe you should, I don't mm -hmm. know, but also maybe you shouldn't, right. you know, oftentimes when people make their careers, the thing that is their, their pastime, they start to resent right. that thing. You know, it's, it's, it, you see it so often where, uh, you know, growing up, man, my passion was baseball. It was this thing, right? 
I haven't played a game of baseball. I com- completely like repel that the notion of playing in a softball league. I played baseball for 23 years of my life. Okay. And it was my passion. I have zero interest in doing it anymore because that was every, every year of 23 years. You talk to people that are, you know, golfers or whatever, once they get out of the game, they don't really golf that much because mm-hmm. yeah, it was their passion, but they're like, ah, it's, I mean, it was my work. Right. It was my work. And, and I think it's really important. It's so key for people to realize that that passion is the feeling because as soon as you get that and as soon as you recognize what that feeling is in you, you realize how many other opportunities are out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, like my passion is communicating and storytelling and talking with people, conversation, you know, this right here. But I didn't realize that. I thought like, oh, I want to be a rock star. I want to play music. And, yeah. and I love playing music, but it's not really that I love playing music or that I love playing guitar. It's that I love communicating story. Mm-hmm. I love telling story with people. And so, I mean, that, there, you can do that in a million different mm-hmm. jobs. And same thing if you're in real estate, if you're an agent or you're an investor, you love talking with people. You could probably find that in a bunch of different jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole world opens up once you find what that feeling is. It translates to anything. Oh, oh dude, big time. So let's, let's kind of bring it down to the, let's really bring it down to the brass tacks and some executable things people can do. So mm-hmm. let's say you're a real estate investor and you absolutely love, like Bo Hollis, dude. Bo Hollis, one of his passions is barbecuing. I see it all the time on Facebook. If you're listening to this, Bo, when you come out here to Carrot Camp, man, we need to get you a big green egg or smoker or something like that and have you barbecue something up or I'll make it to Louisville sometime. But you can tell that his passion or one of them is barbecuing. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know what emotions that that get elicited out of that. We could probably have a quick combo with him and figure out why. Like, why is it? Uh-huh. Is it the is it the act of creation? Is it the actual eating of it? Because he just loves the flavor and, and knowing that he created it. I don't know what it is, but there's something in there. That's uh-huh. like his art, right? And so... If he's a real estate investor, he the average person, this is how I was too, might go, well, shoot, you know what? I'm making good money in real estate, but I'm not passionate about that. I'm going to go like, I'm going to start a barbecue shop, right? Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Like maybe that is the thing you should be doing. It, it very well might be. Um, but what if it's not, you know, what if, what if the real estate business is the thing that, that, that is, is going to be your vehicle. You're really good at it. You're going to make a good income. You can make a way bigger impact than maybe having the barbecue shop. Maybe not. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Once again, you've got, you've got to make that decision y'all. Um, but what if every single month you held these big old, huge barbecues in town and it was free for people and, or it's for the homeless or it's for these neighborhoods or you went into neighborhoods that you repaired houses and flipped them. And one of the things that you did with every single flip and the person came in, you held a huge barbecue for the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and you got to barbecue it up. You got to bring people together. You got to build connection with the neighborhood and you got to to do your craft and you got to just have so much fun doing it. But there wasn't the tie and the pressure that I'm going to make a commercial enterprise out of my passion. Mm -hmm. So that's one idea for it, right? You can turn that passion, use the business as the fuel, or let's say your real estate agent and I'm just making this up, but I don't know what, what's something that, I mean, let's go golf, maybe, I don't know, or whatever. Let's go with the non-sports or something you can think of that someone that you know maybe is really passionate about something. Um, let's see, you got cooking, I mean, you got music. You got, mm. Let's do music, yeah, okay? Music. Let's go with music. So let's say a real estate agent loves playing guitar. They've been in a band for decades. You know, um, maybe they are in a little local band now or not. It doesn't matter, but they just really, really love guitar. That's where they go to when they're trying to unwind. And that's where that passion feeling gets elicited. So if you're a real estate agent, how do you use your business to now fuel that passion? Well, you uh, same that open houses, maybe like your, your band is there playing guitar and you make your open houses a party. 
So every single open house you do, people look forward to to Brady's open houses because mm-hmm. like, what other open house has a band right. there? And like, it's just amazing. Right. And people invite their friends and you've maybe got Bo Hollis, the barbecue guy there, <laughs> like whatever it is, right? You make your open house as a party. Like yeah. that's your scene for for doing that. Or um, maybe you're able to, in your, your real estate agent videos, you have really good music in them. So not, not only are you connecting with people in your videos and you're putting them on carrot and you're putting them into video posts, but you start each video with like a little guitar riff and da 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 and you, you compose your own music that goes on top of your videos. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many other kind of things. Like what if every time you sell a house, once again, there's a celebration and there's like a concert or whatever it is, or you could even just start to do like guitar lessons for people. Right. And your outlet is your you as a real estate agent being out there in the community a lot. And you just start to build up a side hustle of guitar lessons because you love it. I mean, there's so many reasons and ways that your real estate business can fuel the business and right. fuel your your passion for music. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so what you're saying is no matter what job you have, where you work, what you do, you can find ways. I mean, you just got to be creative. There's so many things you can do to bring your passion into your job. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. Like here, and I'll give you guys a few things that we do here at Care, okay? I absolutely love, love, love this stuff. I love being able to pour into people. I love being able to kind of tell my journey, and hopefully that is is, is adding value to other people. Um, I love to coach on things that I love to coach on. I love to to do strategy, right? So we, all of those things, I, I, I love to mentor people. Mm-hmm. All of those things care is my ecosystem for that. I've like a, a built-in ecosystem to coach people. Yep. I've got a built-in ecosystem to do content and help people. If I didn't have this business, I would probably have another business that did the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because I just love these things. Um, at Carrot Camp, we go mountain bike riding, right? Guys, we don't make much money on Carrot Camp. That is a passion thing. It, it does not make sense for us to carve out that much time in exchange for 3K for 15 people. You guys might add the money up and go, yeah, that's 45 grand. It is, but I can make way more money by taking all that energy and focus that our team is putting on it and doing other things. So yeah. it's not it's not a financial thing for us. It's a let's get people in because I'm passionate about the feeling I get about people loving my hometown. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate about the feeling that I get about people seeing the inside of this company and then telling us later going, man, like the your team is amazing. How do you create that culture? Mm-hmm. I'm passionate about people going back and creating that culture like Daniel DiGiacomo did after the last Carrot Camp. He text messaged me after leaving saying, man, this, gate, this thing was a life changer. He starts to build his team. He starts to step out of a lot of the daily tasks that he was doing before. He's starting to scale up his ambitions. He's making an impact. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate about that. Carrot Camp is the thing that enables me to now now fuel that passion. Right. So what can you do in your business if you're an investor? What if you love the same thing as I love? What if you love strategy, but execution drags you down? What if you love coaching people, mentoring people? What if you love mountain biking? What if you love your hometown? What if you could do like events where other real estate investors fly in and you coach and mentor them, but you're still an investor? Uh, What if you created a mentoring program that is in the community that really brought brought to light the how amazing your business is as well. You know, you could create a you know Edward Beck a local mentoring for disadvantaged youth, but it's fueled by the revenue that your real estate business brings in. You can have that business then fuel the funding of that program. So lots of cool things you guys can do with it, y'all. But that's I'm going to finish it with this because I talk talking this uh, this topic all day long. Is remove and disconnect passion from a thing, mm-hmm. and recognize the feeling you get when you're doing the things that time just passes by because it's so easy, effortless, and you love it. Mm-hmm. Recognize that feeling you get and go, okay, cool. How do I replicate that feeling more? 
It might not be that mountain biking is your passion. It might be that you love being outside, the the cool, crisp air, and you love the adrenaline you get when you're doing it, and you love the fellowship with the people. Mountain biking just happens to be the thing. Mm -hmm. So go, go like, how do I get that adrenaline? How do I get the outside air? How do I get da-da-da-da-da in other ways as well? And business might be able to help you do that. Right. So decouple those two things. Next, uh, if you are two, three, four years into your business and you're starting to kind of feel that lull, that that lack of urgency, that lack of sense of, of, of direction maybe, um, you're a little bit listless and maybe a little bit empty, it's probably because you, you don't have anything to run away from now and you've got the income taken care of, now you need to find something to run towards. Mm -hmm. And so run towards building a business that can fuel your passion is what right. I would suggest you guys to do. Pull back and write down what is that passion. Now take the energy audit, go to carrot.com forward slash energy, grab the energy audit document, take the energy audit, that changed my life, 15 minutes per quarter, and then figure out what gives you that energy. And then start to go, okay, cool. I'm gonna structure my business now every quarter to add more of those energy and passion things in. Yeah. And then within a year or two, you're going to end up having a business that fuels your passion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing I want to add to that is to make sure you know what you're running towards. I mean, if you're, if you're setting out to build this business, maybe go interview or, or make friends network with other people who have mm -hmm. already built that business and see what they do on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. because what they're doing every day might be totally different than what you picture that job oh, as. Yeah. If you want to start a software company, go interview the CEO of a software company and see what they actually do. Mm -hmm. It might be completely different. So let me let me throw that to you. Okay, that's a good question because, and, and be honest here. Yeah. Um, what was your perception on me and my job before? And you work in my office with me, mm -hmm. so like you get to see it all. And yeah. it's not as glamorous as people probably th probably think. Mm -hmm. I love it. Like I wouldn't trade it for anything. But what yeah. what what do you see now versus what you thought? I think it's it's not too far off from what I would have described your job as before I came to work here. I think the the one thing now that I see is that there's a lot more communication and follow through than you would expect. I mean, you really have to communication is hard with a remote team and with a growing team with a fast growing company. You have to communicate things so many times. So before I would have thought of it as if you're the CEO, you just get to throw out ideas and just cast all his vision, and then that's the end of it. But once you start throwing out ideas and once you start casting vision to people, you got to organize that. You got to follow through on it. You got to make sure that people comprehend the ideas. Yeah. You're, you're becoming a teacher and a leader, not just a visionary. Yeah. So there's a lot of responsibility tied to it. And that's what I see. So it's that's why I say there's not this like dream glamorous job where you just get mm -hmm. to do all the fun stuff. Like there's always going to be work that follows it. Yeah, dude. So so one thing that the little spark there. So so you had mentioned the coaching, the teaching, the mm -hmm. alignment. Um, one thing that that I had to do. This is another shift that I made about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Was we had got to the point to where you know we're doing a few million a year here at Carrot. And doing really good, more than we had ever planned on doing, right? So, like, the end game was kind of like, hey, cool, if we can have, like, a business that gets to a 1,000 customers someday, that'd be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. We're just shy of 6,000 right now. And so a year and a half ago, I was going, man, so we're, we're far beyond where I thought we would be. Why do we keep on growing this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing that I then made a shift to run towards, because no longer did I have anything to run away from, Right. So I had, to, I had to find something to run towards. I knew it couldn't be like this exit. I knew it couldn't be this number, mm -hmm. right? Because um, what I would probably just start another company that was doing the same thing, but then I wouldn't have a team. That'd right. be like even worse. So the thing I started to run towards was, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself where I want to see how much I can grow. I, I want to see um, how and what it takes to actually grow a real team, to grow a team to where 
you, you guys have probably seen that that entrepreneur um, diagram where it's like at the I don't remember the exact stuff, but you're there's the startup and then there's like the um, there's the employee was it employee um, employee employee entrepreneur owner investor okay so our employee entrepreneur owner investor or something like that mm -hmm. and so as an employee of course uh, you have a job you're, you're getting a paycheck but you have a lot less responsibility and kind of weight on your shoulders right. but then um, if you're the entrepreneur you own the business but you're probably still working in the business you're probably a CEO like I am right now right uh, but then if you're um, I'm, I'm messing this up a little bit but the 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 up the up, upper part of the scale is the investor mm -hmm. the investor is the person who you know, Richard Branson owns a hundred and something companies, but doesn't work in any of them, mm -hmm. right? He doesn't run any of them. Right. He's the investor. He's the person that's like at the top end of the thing. Right. And he's the guy that I look at and go, man, how did you do that? How did you learn how to build a team right. that is that way? So you can truly have like full flexibility or what, what seems like full flexibility right. and freedom from the outside and real impact. He's got, he's got his virgin um charity and they do massive right. stuff he's doing crazy interesting projects going to space and like all this stuff right, right. i'm going i want to learn how to become that yeah and so that's what i'm running towards i'm going i have no aspirations to be the ceo in a business on the day-to-day -day for the next 10 years mm -hmm. probably for the next three to five right. right but how do you then work your way out of that how do you then build an amazing team of leaders who 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 believe as much in that business where, to where they want to take that thing and run with it right and that the vision isn't just your vision you might spark it but you find people who have vision as well and run with it right. that's where i'm running towards right now right and that's why even when i get offers to sell the company i got a letter the other day from a guy who wants to sell the company I'm like oh, that sounds interesting but mm -hmm. i'm not there yet like i haven't learned how to do this thing yet i haven't learned how to become this entrepreneur this person who now can go out there and really make massive impact mm -hmm. i haven't learned that yet right and so i'm probably two to three years out from actually learning how to how to get through that right. part so so my takeaway from what you just said is is basically the bigger the calling um the more work that you're gonna have to put in to get there so um i, I think the bigger the reward the more resistance you're gonna have so i'm richard branson how old is he in his He's 50s. 70s, man. I oh, think really? he's like late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you're headed down that road, like if that's where you want to be, expect that you're going to have to hustle for 20, 30, 40 oh, wow. years. I don't know. You know, when we were in Dallas a few weeks ago, I got to talk to an artist. And I love the example, mm -hmm. the analogy of an artist, because I got to actually talk to an artist who was making their full-time living. All their income was coming from, just from art. He's mm -hmm. a painter. Lolly, Lolly Art Group. I can't remember his name. I want to give him a shout out. Anyways, <clears throat> I asked him, I said, okay, how did you get here? Because I got a lot of friends who are musicians, they're artists, and they just want, they want the dream. They want to just make music full-time, make art full-time. I said, how did you do it? Expecting like some secret or some hat, some hat, because he wasn't really old. And he said, I worked 80 hours a week. Hmm. He said, I did that for, oh shoot, was it like eight years? I don't know, something wild. And I'm like, I'm waiting for something. He's like, that's it. I just worked 80 hours a week for a long time. Pumping out a lot of I art. did my job and then I did my art. So it's like, have, he's like, a lot of people get caught up and have really unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to happen really fast or they're waiting for their break. Like if you want it bad enough, you're going to put in the work. Yeah. I wanted to be an artist. So I expected that I was going to have to hustle and work a lot of hours for years mm -hmm. or however long it took for me to become a full-time artist. And now he's got his own art studio downtown. I think it's in downtown New York City. Yeah. Could be wrong. 
And, and, and he was able to push through those eight years because he mm-hmm. probably found a way to enjoy the growth during the process. Right. And, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this with, with that, guys. There's a few really good concepts in here. But right now, wherever you are, decouple passion from a thing and make it the feeling and find those things and do more of those things in your current business, right? right? If you are lucky enough to be able to, to create a business that is your passion, like the artist guy uh, and hard, not just lucky, like hard work too. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Like that, that, that's, that's amazing. He's okay. still got to sell art too. He's still got to sell art. And, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like as soon as you make your passion, the business, there's all this stuff on the right. business, man, that you've got to take care of that you go, man, I don't want to do this stuff anymore. That's a whole nother podcast, man. Evaluate if you really want to do it. Oh, you, there's so much things. Should you make your passion we, business? We have multiple <laughs> people that own their own that have owned their own businesses that yeah. work for us, uh-huh. right? It's like Chris owned his own business before he came uh-huh. to work for me. Uh Tim owns one still, but now he's working for us. Right. And Adrian does most of his work with us and he owns a business still. And um uh Ben, our new developer. Yeah. He's been a consultant for years, and he's coming uh, to work with us. Like, I, I was in the process of launching my own business in podcasting when you hired me on it, and I was in that phase where I was realizing, oh, crap, this is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, the invoicing, you actually got to go find customers. Right. You got like all these things that aren't the thing that you want to do. Yeah. You know, So Anyways. I'm, I'm fortunate that we've been able to build systems and a team that takes care of that for talented people so they can come inside of our, our fold. So y'all chase that passion. Okay. And, and I want you to, I want you to chase the passion. I want you to, I want you to be passionate about what you do because we should not be on this earth, just churning, churning time to, to make a buck. And I don't care how, how big the bucks are for you that if it's about the buck, you're going to be miserable pretty quick. Okay. So chase the passion, find a way to make the business fuel that passion but then last, like I said, just really go out there and, and have that business and just amplify everyone around you right. and just have fun with it. Have fun in the process. Have fun in running towards something. Once you're done running away from something, you've got to run towards something. And for me, it's running towards having the business fuel the passion. It's running towards being able to make bigger impact. Uh, that's one of the things that we want to do is make a bigger impact. And to me, it's also running towards the growth. What is that growth that I want to have to lead me towards the better self? And I know that if I sell the company today, I I will be robbing myself of the chance to have that growth. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. So y'all, we're going to wrap this episode. Thank you guys for sticking with us. A couple things to celebrate. We were looking at the podcast stats before this and get this y'all. We popped it. Was it, what was the number? 21, 21. We were number 21. The Carrot Cast guys was number 21 in overall on iTunes on business. Business investing. Business investing for like a, a, day, a day, an hour. Maybe <laughs> I don't know what it is, but we've been pretty consistently top 200, um, sometimes popping in the top 100, and then also number 21 in it, which was a big deal. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for uh, giving us ratings and reviews. We read them. We were reading them earlier today. We're like, these are so amazing. Like it pumps us up to want to keep doing this. So please go to iTunes and give that rating and review. It's fuel for us to want to keep doing these episodes, knowing we're making an impact. Share it up. Subscribe to it to make sure you get uh, get these first. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at Care Camp someday, y'all. All right. Be fun. All right. Have an good. amazing, amazing rest of the week. Brady, thanks for the episode. Thank you, Trevor. We'll see you guys. All right. Talk soon. Thank you.